Good morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song? song says good morning mercy i'm gonna tell you mercy and grace are two words that we find throughout the scriptures and I, and I love the difference between them they're just they seem similar but they're a little different grace is getting what we don't deserve and mercy is not getting what we deserve so there is a difference and today we're going to experience for hudson's sake both of those things wrapped into one in this gift of baptism 
So I'd like to take you on a journey with what I call the bad news and the good news, and then what's called the command. Uh, the bad news, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is death. And that means even Hudson. I know he's cute, adorable, and I mentioned to mom and dad, it might change when I put cold water on the head. We might see an, you know, an exhibition of something else, um, but he seems really good. But really, the Bible says all of us, even babies, are born into sin, and we would deserve death. But the grace part of it is God says, uh-uh, I want Hudson to be part of my family forever and ever and ever. And that's what baptism is. In fact, Jesus, before he went into heaven, he had a group of people in front of him, and he gave what's called the Great Commission. It's the sending out. It's the really what we're supposed to be doing as a church and as people. Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. Uh, what a beautiful uh, commissioning, the great sending out, and just this idea of God wanting us to be part of his family. And uh, as we kind of move forward, one of the traditions of the church is to ask godparents to come alongside mom and dad and, and spiritually walk alongside Hudson. And that can be done in so many different ways. Number one, you could pray for Hudson. Pray for him often. That as he grows up, he grows up physically, emotionally, intellectually, but especially spiritually. And what that means is that he would walk closer with Jesus all the time. That's one thing you could do. Number two, model the Christian faith. Because Hudson's going to watch, and there's this really kind of a cute time period where they mimic, they mimic what you do. So be thinking, your actions, your behavior, and all that stuff is a great way to teach Hudson the faith. And then thirdly, I always say, remember this day, maybe even with a gift, a phone call, some kind of reaching out, because the birthday thing, a lot of people will do, and that's really great. But this is also something very significant. So if you're willing to do this, then answer, I will, with God's help. I will, with God's help. Thank you. May God give you the faith to do this on behalf of Hudson. We are now uh, ready to profess our faith in which Hudson's going to be baptized into. And a great summary of that faith is found in the Apostles' Creed. So you will find it up on the screen. And if you would join together with us sharing the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, if you would bring Hudson over. Hudson, Lee, Potter, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
And may our Heavenly Father, who in baptism brought you into his family, keep you safe in his loving arms forever and ever. Amen. I think he's in a good mood. So that's, I always tell parents, I will hold Hudson if he's in a good mood. If not, you keep him. Right? You have no clue what just happened, right? Physically, you felt some kind of cold water, and you heard some guy speaking loudly around you. You, you got to see a miracle, and maybe, you, I'll just say, sometimes I take it for granted. The miracle is this. God brought Hudson into his family. God gave Hudson all the promises he's ever made and says, you're my child and I'll be with you always. So, what do we do whenever God does something good? It's kind of a new tradition we've been doing for about a year. I'd like to ask you to stand and let's applaud and give thanks to God for what he's done. And just remain standing as I pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this beautiful gift of life. Oh, physically, just looking at these little hands and little nose, uh, what a beautiful gift. But we thank you even more so for the gift of life with you forever. And we pray that as Hudson grows, he does, he grows in many ways, but we want him to walk closely with you. So may your grace abound. May your love be with him. And may we, we just see what you're doing. So thanks again, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Got a smile at the end. This is good. Um, remain standing. I'm going to light this candle. Um, it's, it's symbolical. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. And we want the light of Jesus to shine brightly in Hudson's life forever. Amen. Amen. So I'd like to ask John to come on out. John is going to read the scripture for us. And just, uh, if you would, remain standing. The reading today is from uh, John chapter... Uh, 6 verses 48 to 58. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us the flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this wine and this bread will live forever. 
Please be seated. Let us go to God in prayer. If you would please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for your word, for that opportunity to hear the word in truth here in the worship service. Lord, we know that sometimes we fail you. We fail you over and over. And Lord, we know that you give us grace and mercy every single time. Lord, we ask this morning for that grace and mercy as we move forward in worship and we uh, ask that you bless our, our worship service, the message we're about to receive, the music we sing, and our fellowship time together. And Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Justified freely forever. One day he's got. 
Come on up front for the kids' message. Come on up front. Find a seat up here on the floor. Yeah. Come up nice and close here. Have a seat. All right. Well, I wanted to try something today. All right. Because I want to see, is it better to breathe in or to breathe out? Both. You think both. Barb thinks both. Well, let's see. First, we're going to try breathing in. All right, we're going to just breathe in. All right, are you ready? Okay, take a deep breath. <gasps> Hold it. Breathe in some more. <clears throat> breathe in some more. I can't breathe in more. Okay, let it out. <sighs> I couldn't breathe in anymore, could you? No. All right, let's try breathing out. You ready? Just breathe out. You ready? Okay, breathe out. Okay, breathe out more. Uh, okay, breathe out more. I can't. I think my face is getting red. Okay, breathe in. Oh, my, I'm a little lightheaded. All right, what do you guys think? Is it better to breathe in or to breathe out? Breathe in. I heard breathe out. In and out? Yeah, you can't do just one, can you? You can, but you might pass out. Yeah, because I started getting a little lightheaded. Yeah, so it's, it's better to do both, isn't it? Breathe in and breathe out. So let's try that. Ready? Take a deep breath through your mouth. And out through your nose. I did the opposite. I think you're supposed to breathe in through your nose. Let's try it that way. Breathe in through your nose. Breathe out through your mouth. Oh, that feels better. Do you feel that energy that you get from all that breathing? It feels so good. Well, you know what? Today we're talking about feeding our spirit. All right. And the word for spirit in the Bible is similar to word or to uh, wind or breath. To wind or breath. So as we think about feeding our spirit, it's kind of like breathing. We want this rhythm of breathing in and breathing out. All right. And we want to do both. So as we think about feeding our spirit, we can think about breathing in. As we're filled up by the Holy Spirit, as we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we can breathe out as the Holy Spirit sends us out to love our neighbors as ourselves. All right? Because Jesus says those are the two greatest commands. So we can breathe in as we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And breathe out as we love our neighbor as ourselves. If we're just breathing out, we can get emptied, right? And we're not filled up with the Spirit of God. So we don't want to just love our neighbors as ourselves. We want to make sure we're spending time to get filled up with the Holy Spirit. But we don't want to just be filled up with the Holy Spirit because he sends us out to love our neighbors as ourselves. So when we feed our spirit, we do both. And it's a healthy rhythm just like breathing. So let's try that breathing exercise one more time again, okay? Breathe in through your nose really deep. 
and out through your mouth. And that gives us that energy and that rhythm of life that's really important for breathing, but that in and out is really important as we feed our soul, too, as we spend time being filled up by the Holy Spirit, loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and as the Holy Spirit sends us out to love our neighbors as ourselves. All right, will you pray with me? You can fold your hands and repeat after me. Holy Spirit, fill us up, send us out, and feed our souls. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. Don't forget to both breathe in and breathe out. All right? Don't want anybody passing out this morning. And again, good morning to all as we gather in God's house. A very special welcome to our guests. Uh, met some of you before the service. Uh, so glad you're here. We invite you to come on back and experience the grace and mercy of God in uh, beautiful ways. And we'd like to get to know you. Uh, we have Next Steps, which is in the family gathering area, that direction. You can actually text uh, 1C guest to 94000. That will get it to us. Or just stop by and talk to one of us. We'd love to meet you and greet you, maybe answer any questions you have. Speaking of questions, example, if you're here thinking, I have a prayer request and I would like to include that in worship today, you can actually text those to us by texting uh, the prayer request to 402-242-5051. And that will be sent, and then we'll include it in worship today. Um, and again, you can prayers of concern, prayers of thanksgiving, uh, we'll include those. Also, uh, we're going to be having communion in a little bit, and as a church, we believe it's bread and wine and body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So it is this gift of grace and mercy all rolled up into one for people like you and me. So if you believe that, we'd love for you to join with us and to celebrate that. Also, two quick announcements to have. This Wednesday is our first family night, and you're wondering, well, what does that mean? Well, we gather together, and I'm going to just see if it's on there, at 6 to 7.30 on the fourth Wednesday of the month, and this happens to be the fourth Wednesday, and we're going to get together, uh, well, for some food, potluck dinner, so bring, bring your favorite dish or bring my favorite dish, that would be really good too. And then after that, we'll have a time of devotion and learning and growing and maybe even learning new ways in which we could take this to our homes and use as well. Now, when you hear the word family, we mean the family of God. Whoever you are, young, old, married, single, whatever, whether you're a member of this church or not a member of this church, we'd like to gather together and we are going to celebrate God's grace for us. So, love for you to come. So this Wednesday, 6 to 7.30. Um, also, we have what's, um, we'll call it the second annual, Barbecue, and that's going to be Thursday, 6 o'clock, and um, we're going to have football on the big screen. And uh, I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a lot of green and gold on there. I won't tell you what that means. You might know what that means. Alex, you're shaking your head. It is a beautiful... Two colors that are beautiful together. So, six, all right, six o'clock this Thursday. Love for you to come and be a part of it. Last announcement. You are blessed. I hope you know that already. I hope, I hope somebody has told you this somewhere in your life. God has blessed you, and uh, God is so good in your life. Secondly, God wants us to say thank you. One of the ways in which we do it is singing we could do it in our prayers. We could do it in serving. We can also do it in the giving of our tithes and offerings. So here as a church, 
We want to just encourage you. Acknowledge that you're blessed and say thank you in the way in which God leads you. That is really a good thing to do. So, joy baskets are going to be passed in just a moment. And as the Lord leads you, uh, may we all give to the glory of God. Let's continue in our worship. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. I have what you need, but you keep on searching. I've done all the work, but you keep on working. When you're running on the remedy just come to the well you can spend your whole life chasing what's missing put that empty inside it just ain't gonna listen nothing can satisfy the world leaves you high and dry come to the well All who thirst will thirst no more, and all who search will find what their souls long for. The world will try, but it can never fail, so leave it all behind and come to the well. So bring me your heart, no matter how broken, just come as you are, when your last prayer is spoken, just rest in my arms a while, you'll feel the change, my child, when you come to the well. And all who Search will find what their souls 
want to give you a challenge as we get ready for communion. Some of us, in fact all of us, we're carrying different things. Burdens, maybe our heart is a little bit twisted because of the brokenness in this world. And we just kind of keep carrying that with us. And I think that song is a great reminder of what happened to that, quote, Samaritan woman, but it should happen for you and me. When you come forward and you put your hands out and you're going to receive, yes, it looks like bread, but it's also the body of Jesus. And also you're going to get this little cup that's either wine or juice, but it's also the blood of Jesus. You really can't hold both, can you? You leave your stuff behind and hold on to this gift, this bread of life. So, my encouragement for all of us today. And uh, one of the ways that we can do that, uh, at least verbally and hopefully with our hearts, is confessing our sins. So we're going to have a confession of sins up on the screen, and I would like to encourage you to join me as we pray this prayer together. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Again, giving it all to our Lord and saying, Lord, I just can't do it. And he comes to you and he says, because of my son Jesus, your sins are forgiven and you are now empowered to live as one of my followers. So our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper. And after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. We continue the celebration of our Lord's Supper. Blessed assurance Jesus is Praising my Savior. 
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ 
strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. We thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to bring our prayer request to you. You know what's in front of me this morning. You know what's in our hearts. And so we come to you with these requests. These requests from our friends at SOS for the people who are there, staff and those who are currently residents. You know these names. And we pray that you would bless them. Special prayer for Miss Kimberly at SOS. And a prayer for, uh, for daughters and a wife who are waiting for a husband to work through recovery. Lord Jesus, you know what is happening in the lives of these people. We ask you to walk with them, and to fill them with your spirit. A prayer for Cassie and her struggles and that she makes the right decisions going forward. And Lord, we pray for this individual who says, I have heroes at the methadone clinic and I am grateful for them. A word of thanks for the work that these folks have done. Jesus, a, a prayer for John and myself to have success while we're doing home dialysis. And a prayer for Samantha to find peace and grace in Jesus. And for Nathan to find peace and love in Jesus. Lord, we are praying for a sister who has lost her way. Prayer that she finds you again. And Lord, just a word of thanks for your death and your resurrection. May it remind all of us of the power of forgiveness and peace. Holy Spirit, please sanctify, heal, and unify your church in the deepest and most beautiful ways. We need you and we trust you. We love you. Lord, this is a prayer for the Judy Gilham family, and may Judy rest in peace. Know God's strength for me to step back from temptation and guidance from your spirit as I work my job here at 1C as a volunteer. And then a prayer for my brother, help him in all ways, big and small. And Lord, may you bring your blessings upon our 1C family and all of my very good friends here. Lord, guide this church by your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for these requests. We know that you have heard us. We know you know all the ins and outs of these prayers, the ones spoken and the ones that are in the sanctuary these, this morning in hearts. Thank you that you come near to us and you encourage us to pray. And so we close this time with the prayer that you gave your disciples so very long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.
I'm not sure if you've ever had one of those moments where it's all built up and you just don't know what to do, but you do know who's pressing up against you. Satan is real. I think one of the things that happens in our world today is that there are people that actually believe that there is no devil. That it's just some Hollywood image or picture. I want you to know that the Bible is very clear. There is somebody named Satan. Somebody whose job is to kill, steal, and destroy. Who will relentlessly come after you and me because he does not want us to be walking closely with Jesus. And so as the sermon series for the last four weeks has been put before us, we can actually say, not today, Satan. Another thing, and I'm going to be a little careful in how I say this, but at the seminary, um, when I was studying to be a pastor, one of the professors says, there is one person that you can actually say, go to, you know where, you can say it because his judgment is already done. You don't want to ever say that to anybody else. Because hell is a terrible place. To be separated from God forever is something you do not want for your, even your worst enemies. It is terrible. It is horrible. So we are never to think or say those words. Because that is a judgment that is only for God to do. But we should be praying that people would not go there. Not encourage people to go there. All right, uh, I'm going to start on a kind of a strange, maybe, aspect. Let's see if my clicker works. All right, how many of you know what social media is? Just raise your hand. I want you to raise it. I know you're probably thinking, I don't have to. But raise your hand. This is a little aerobic activity, right? Social media. You know what that is. It is just a part and parcel of life. All right? Now, I'm going to give you a definition of social media feeds. Okay, so it's an actual phrase. It's an actual phenomena. They are streams of content embedded on a website and generated from social media platforms which update in real time as new posts are added. So, I just want you to have that image. Social media feeds. That's what they are. They just kind of keep coming, right? And if you ever take any time to read one, you're literally feeding yourself. Maybe you didn't think of that way. So the stuff you see, the stuff you read, is actually feeding you as you do any one of these. Uh, this is, these are the top 10 social media platforms. Facebook, YouTube, WhatsApp. I mean, 2.9 billion people on Facebook. How many of you... I'll just, we'll put it this way. Know somebody that is on Facebook. All right? It, you know, and if you're not, look around. You're going like, wow, okay? A lot of people jump on that. A lot of people use it. Some people, you know, it just is. But just look at that list of the number of people that are on a social media platform that does social media feeds, right? So it's feeding us. Now, I'm going to give you some statistics and maybe you're aware of them, maybe you're not. The average person spends about 145 minutes on social media every day. So if you're sitting here saying, I only do 45 minutes, can you imagine how, what, what it would take to average it out then if you're only doing 45 minutes? 
Secondly, the most engaging type of content on social media is short-form short videos. Thirdly, the most common way people access social media is a mobile device known as a smart device, right? The country where people spend the most average hours on social media is Nigeria. I did not know that. I was kind of shocked. 84% of people aged 18 to 29 use at least one social media site. So not one feed is enough. They use more. 90% of internet users, so if you're on the internet for any reason, follow at least one brand on social media. 76% of social media users have purchased something they saw on social media. I just want to know how many of you have been, I'll just say, duped by buying something off of a Facebook post. Just raise it. Yeah, I was going to bring the pair of shoes I bought. I, I saved it. After I got it, it was like ridiculous. It was supposed to be these really comfortable shoes that helped for like sciatica and back. And when I got them, honestly, they were the worst pair of shoes I've ever seen. Lousy. I'm guessing it was probably 47 cents to make. I, it was like, and I, I won't tell you what I paid. I got my money back, so I'm good. All right, 39% of social media users were addicted to social media. There was even a movie documentary talking about this. And last one, a little sobering. Research shows that there is a correlation between social media use and depression. Wow, right? So with that in mind, with the fact that social media is all around us and some of us are actually leaning into it, I want to remind you of the Bible verse that we've been looking at every single week. And would you read this out loud together with me? Ready? Out loud. Together. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. The Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth, the Apostle Paul to the church in Columbus, Nebraska, the Apostle Paul to people like you and me, he says there is a way out. And I want you to know that probably more than anything. Yeah, you can know that you're going to be tempted. Yeah, you can know that temptation is common to mankind. That's really good stuff. But the best part of the news, the what I want you to have today and take with you tomorrow and all the way through, is that there is a way out because of Jesus. And he's going to be more relentless and more powerful than Satan who comes and wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So I want you to know that. All right? Hold on to that. Um, I went to the message version of the same passage that we have up there. Um, no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to do is remember that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He's always, he, he'll always be there to help you come through. Just another maybe easier way to look at it. He's always going to be there to help you come through it. Um, if you've been at 1C long enough, I've been here probably four and a half years now, there is a poem that is actually written in my first Bible. So if you know my storyline, remember for the first 17 years-ish, I, I did not follow Jesus, I did not like Jesus, I went the other way. And when God got my attention, I got this Bible, and inside the cover of the Bible I wrote a poem 
that is really somewhat a motto for, in my life. This is what I want to be known for, and maybe you'll remember it. Two natures beat within my breast. One is foul, one is blessed. The one I love, the other I hate. The one I feed will dominate. And perhaps you have found this to be true in your life. I really do believe this is a truth. I think it's what moves Jesus in John chapter 6. If I can have it advance, sure. There we go. Jesus starts out in John chapter 6. He says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. And what happened? What, did, what happened when they ate the, the food? They died. Okay, so it wasn't going to be the special kind of bread that Jesus is getting at. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of this world is my flesh. Now, some really interesting words. Jesus talks about um, him being the bread of life. Uh, And you heard me say that Uh, During many of my years, I did not eat from this bread of life. It was offered to me. I went to a Lutheran grade school, Lutheran high school. It was like, always like this. It was handed out. Here you go, eat from this. And constantly I said, no, thank you. Constantly I said, no, I think I have something better I want to eat. Remember, you know, there is a phrase, you are what you eat. And I'll just say, for the five years in particular, I started at eighth grade and all the way through high school, if God said this, I would do that. If God said, eat of these things, I would eat of these things. And I'm not going to get into detail of what it was, but it was not good. It was terrible. It was deadly. And if it weren't for the grace and mercy of God, I would not be here today. He kept relentlessly coming after me and going like this. Because he doesn't force feed you, right? I remember my kids. Sometimes it's like, you've got to eat this. This is good for you. And you're doing the airplane thing and all that kind of fun stuff, right? I saw the airplane thing going on at a wedding recently, um, you know, with cake. You know, here it comes in, right? God doesn't force feed us, but he keeps going like this. Here you go. I got the bread of life. I got what's going to make a difference in your world. Eat of this. And I'll just tell you, Jim Thielen and all of you, there are times when we say, not today, God. I'd like to eat something different. And the world will keep providing one thing after another because the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh do not want to walk closely with Jesus. Just the way that is. That is our sinful nature. That's what I talked about with Hudson's baptism, is that, oh my goodness, my sin, your sin is terrible. But God just keeps going like this, keeps going like this. He wants to feed you. So what I'd like to do is give you maybe an explanation of what Jesus says when I am the bread of life. 
I think he offers it in so many different ways, and we could be, be here for a long time. But I'm going to share with you three things. If you would start eating, I know that's a metaphor, just experiencing these things more in your life, you will find greater blessing, greater strength, greater purpose, greater meaning, greater everything. I promise you. I promise you. So three things. The first thing, feed your spirit with prayer. I want to bring you to a moment. Uh, Jesus is uh, now 33 years and a half, 33 and a half years old, right? He's getting very close to dying. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and everything is crumbling around him, literally. I mean, his, his friends are constantly falling asleep. He knows that the betrayer is going to come. He knows that he is going to be arrested, beaten, and put on a cross. He's got all of this in front of him, and it's just so much to bear. What does Jesus do? He turns to prayer. In fact, he even encouraged his disciples. Matthew 26, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So I want to just bring it right to the point. What is your Gethsemane? What are you facing right now, right here at this moment in your life where the, the, the world is so chaotic around you, maybe even inside of you? What is your Gethsemane? And as Jesus was at that juncture and at that point, his human nature cried out, hey, dad, take this cup from me. I don't know if you've said that. I've said it. God, I, I don't want this. But are you ready and willing by the power of God and through prayer? Say, um, uh, and this is what Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, God, it's not about me. It's not about my circumstance. It is about you and you alone. God, take this cup from me, not, not my will, but your will be done. Use prayer more than ever before. See, I think prayer is a really great time of intimacy with God. Prayer is this moment where we don't go to Google, we don't go to Facebook, we don't go to anything, but we are locked in on the, well, the guy who made the heavens and the earth, the guy who knows you personally and intimately, the God who understands your past, present, future. And we can go to him and say, God, I really need your presence. So feed on that more than you've ever done before. Secondly, Feed your spirit with God's word. Psalm 119. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When Jesus was um, being tempted. I mean, there were many moments he was tempted, but the one that we think about is when the devil himself comes, and the devil tempted him about uh, turning stone into bread, throw yourself off the building, and the angels will take charge over you. Also, bow down to me and worship me, um, and I'll give you all of this. I mean, it was very tempting stuff. And if you remember two weeks ago, 
the line is still up here. Okay? And um, what he said was, it is written. Remember what I said two weeks ago? Know the line. Know what God's word says. Know the line. Know what God wants you to do. Know the line. Remember his promises. Know what he says for you and for me as we go through life's journey. Here's a couple of them. Greater is he than it... um, Greater is he than the one who's in this world. Greater is he who is in me than who is in this world. Or how about I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. Or how about I am more than a conqueror through Christ who is in me. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Or my God is faithful. I can give you a long, long list of promises. Know God's Know it up here. This is really good. You know, that was my confirmation experience. It was all just up here and then it... But know it down here. Know what God says for you and live according to it. And when the Satan comes up and wants you to doubt the word of God, because that's what happened with the temptation of Jesus, we just say, not today, Satan. Or we say, it is written. I know the line. I know what God says, and he means what he says, and he is faithful. Now the last one. Feed your spirit with the right people. 1 Corinthians 15. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Do the next slide, thank you. Come back to your senses as you ought. And stop sinning. You've maybe heard it said, you, individually, personally, are the average of the five people that you spend your t- the most time with. So think about it. Start going through the list. Who do you spend your time with? You are the average of those five people. And I'll just say from my eighth grade year, all the way through my senior year of high school, I was less than average than the five people I spent time with. I really believe the gift of the church is one of the greatest gifts God has given. We can lean on each other. We could, as iron sharpens iron, we could do that for one another. But one of the problems that happens We love to be alone. We love to keep it over here. We don't want to be vulnerable. But I'm going to tell you, in my married life, in my ministry, I I can't tell you how many people it has taken to keep me accountable. There were times in my life that I had four accountability people that was checking up on me to make sure that I was being faithful to God, faithful to my wife, faithful to my kids. And when I strayed, they would lovingly come and talk to me. Pray for me. Who do you have around you that will point you to Jesus? I remember after my senior year, I needed to not spend time with certain people anymore. It was really... 
Sometimes you have to do that to get strong, to have a sense of resolve. So maybe that is what God is calling you to do. I want to close with this, Matthew chapter 5. Jesus had so much to say. I mean, parables and stories and these beatitudes, the blessed bees. This one says it. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. So let me go back to the very beginning. What do you feed on? If you looked at your calendar, maybe if you even looked at your uh, checkbook, your credit card statement, whatever you have, what is it that you spend your time, energy, and focus on? Pretty important. When we hunger and thirst for justice or righteousness, as another translation had, they will be satisfied. So you and me will be satisfied. All because of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand. Let me share with you the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Now, real quick, this next song, new. I bumped into it a little while ago. And I love the idea. It's, it's called Surrounded by Glory. Can you imagine if, if we just had that and we saw the glory of God always around us, so that as we go through life and we bump into things, we know that God is with us. Just picture that as we sing this song.
great Sunday, everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord.
two, test one, two. Okay, that one's on. test there it is now we're on Deep, deep divers. church and the way you can tell is because everybody sets about the row start way back there. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Guilted me into it. I guilted you into it. Yeah. 
Well, we're going to get started with those that are in the room. Okay, one moment, please. Let's begin deeper dive with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to come to be in our midst and to instruct us in your word by your Holy Spirit. Help open our hearts and minds to hear from you for these next few minutes. Amen. Okay, I have, I don't know why this is doing this, it's probably based on where I'm standing. Could just use this one. Yeah, let's just do this because this thing is wonky. I like to I like to begin this way. Is we just heard Jim's sermon. What stuck with you? Well, where were you? Okay. We need to nourish ourselves in God's word and God's people. Did you get that? We need to nourish ourselves in God's word and God's people. And there was a third one, prayer, right? Good, okay. What else did you hear? Anything resonate with you? About the same for you? Yeah? Okay. Uh, yes, the young lady over here. I have heard that prayer that he wrote in his Bible in high school for 44 years, and every time it hits home for me. Thank you. Yes. Did you guys, any, anything resonate with you from Jim's message this morning? There's two people living inside of us, and the one that we feed is the one that grows. Okay. Remember, remember from last week that there was that snappy little saying, what you feed grows, what you starve dies. Yeah? No matter where I am in life, God is with me. Yes, ever-present. It's sort of, it was reiterating the same thing, but I've been listening to a speaker lately, and off, I, I've heard him repeatedly say, the more we seek the Holy Spirit, who leads us to Jesus and the Father, the more our flesh is weakened. The more our flesh is weakened so that we're not living in the flesh, but in the Spirit. So the more that we spend time with God, the flesh weakens. Is that a good summary? Okay. I'm looking at my notes, and there was something that struck me. I wanted to ask you about this, deep divers. Who is around you that will point you to Jesus? This would have been kind of in the third point that was in the sermon. Feed your spirit with right people. 
Who wants to take a stab at that? Well, the person that's around me is my sister, even though she lives far away. There you go. Do you talk to her on the phone? Oh, yes. And how does, how does she feed you? She keeps track of all of my money. Make sure my bills are paid. Well, good. How does she feed you spiritually? She has faith in me. Yeah, that's nice. She has faith in me. Thank you. Your sister's just obviously a special person in your life. Okay. All right. So back to the back to the question. Um, who is around you that will point you to Jesus? For me, it's my sister here, and she'll do it spiritually, like I um, don't talk negative, uh, say a prayer. Thank you. Yeah, so you're important in his life. Yes. We kind of have been kind of 